We're in a devotion series called Behold. Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Job. Now, the book of Job is an intense book, and I really love it. The context for today's scripture, for Job 5 verse 17, is um, a friend of his called Elipaz. And he's encouraging him or correcting him in a way and giving him some information. He's the first of three friends who step up and would like to say something to this character, Job. And, well, all of them come with an incorrect presumption. They all come thinking that Job uh, has done something wrong. And that's why well, he's sinned in some way. He's got a secret sin. And in some way, God now is showing him showing you know him that he has done something wrong by sending this trial or the suffering his way. Well, they all come incorrectly because the beginning of the book, God himself affirms that Job is upright and he is a righteous man who fears God and who shuns evil. But even in these conversations with his friends, there are a lot of truths uh, in there. Well, the main part of their conversation is incorrect that the book of Job teaches us actually, that sometimes suffering happens even to perfect people, like Christ himself. So Job is another foreshadowing of Christ, somebody who suffers but does not deserve so. Um, so often our suffering is not because of our sin. And sometimes your trial is not because of your sin. I just maybe thought right off the bat, before we get into this verse, somebody here or somebody watching today you might just have needed to hear that, that you went through trials this year and you thought maybe it's God punishing you for something you did or neglected to do. And I wanted to let you know that that is not the case. God does not send trials or tribulations or tests our way or punishments our way because of our sin, because all of, our, all of the punishment for our sin fell on the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, there are other ways in which God corrects his believers, and that's what we'll talk about today. There are ways in which he guides us, leads us, corrects us, uh, um, reproves us, and approves of us. We call this process reformation. And often, you know, God uses instances to reform a person or to reform us. And that's what we want to talk about today. It's called the School of Reformation. Well, this, this, this verse we're talking about today, Job 5.17, says the following. It says, blessed, or behold, blessed or happy is the one whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Well, that's very true, because it affirms another verse in Hebrews that said God chastens the ones that he loves or corrects or disciplines the ones that he loves. It confirms another scripture in 2 Timothy, which we would read shortly. Well, sometimes as believers, we just have to wake up and smell the coffee um, because some things in our lives not occurring because Satan is at work or because, you know, God's punishing us for our sins. Sometimes it's God teaching you and me to prevail over evil or to prevail over a lower standard of living, to prevail over avarice to prevail over things that, that um, are a thorn for us or temptation for us. So a lot of times we attribute, you know, give credit to Satan or to our sin for some of the troubles we go through. But actually, God might be utilizing those. Though their origins might be evil, God might be utilizing them for us to prevail 
over uh, things in this world or the evil in this world. So that's what we have to wake up to. Christ's death gave us victory over sin, but the Spirit of God is teaching you and me to prevail over evil today. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. God, by His Spirit, is taking you and me through a school of reformation. And the headmaster is the Spirit of the living God. Now, some of you might see schools and the word reformation as quite strong terms. But remember that he is doing so lovingly, kindly, with mercy, with patience. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians 5 or 7. It's so powerful. It says this. And maybe you've glossed over it. I've glossed over it for so many years. It says this. Get rid of the old yeast so that you may be a new unleavened or uncontaminated or righteous batch just as you really are for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed you hear what it says get rid of your old way of doing things overcome that so that you might be a new uncontaminated or holy person just as you really are what it's saying is you have already been made righteous now act in accordance with that imputed righteousness, that credited to you righteousness. Isn't it amazing? God sees us as righteous. Now he says, act in accordance with how I see you. Often we act in accordance with how we see ourselves. We see ourselves as lowly, poor, unrighteous, sinful. And when we think like that, we act in accordance to confirm it. Instead, we should Behold what God sees of us. He sees us as unleavened, as holy, as righteous, blameless and spotless is what Ephesians 5 says. Now act in accordance with how God sees you. Going through the school of reformation, a person is brought to a rightness of mind or the word gives it, the word refers to a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but love power and a soundness of mind. So going through the school of reformation brings us to a sound mind. A sound mind says, well, God sees me as righteous. I'm his child and he is leading me and correcting me. God gave his word for us for doctrine, for reproofs, for correction, as the word says, for righteousness. And the spirit of correction, I could say, or the spirit of reformation uses the scriptures and people and gifts around us to teach us and to correct us. And the purpose of this training of righteousness or this school of reformation is in order to make us fit citizens for the kingdom of heaven, the eternal kingdom of heaven. I have never really heard of the Holy Spirit called a spirit of correction or um, taking us through the school of reformation until, you know, I've studied this. But in my study, I came to the conclusion that having considered the works of the Spirit, that it is in fact true that he takes us through a school of reformation, a school of sanctification. In the, pro in the process of chastening or, can I say, um, correcting us, um, it's done by the Spirit of God as the instrument of our correction. And then it follows that He can be called the Spirit of correction, the Spirit of reformation. 
He is the one that teaches us to behave consistently in a manner that pleases God. And he correctly corrects us and lovingly corrects us to reflect our heavenly citizenship. He's in charge of the discipline in our hearts, in our lives, and in the church. He knows what every believer is able to bear in that season, in that moment. And I reiterate again that this spirit of correction corrects lovingly as a father corrects a child with mercy. And he leads us and he leads you to attain the goals that of, of your high and awesome calling um, by God. He corrects with gentleness and with tenderness. His correction is out of love and out of kindness. And in wrapping up, the Spirit of God brings us into this school. Now, this school uh, has no gates and it has no walls. And I would call it the school of liberty if I could, but it's the school of reformation. And it's one to which you have to submit yourself for instruction and correction. God does not put us into the prison of the school of reformation. That was what the law was. The law was the prison of, can we say, correction, a correctional facility for the people of Israel. But now he invites us into the school of reformation. No rules, and you willingly and gladly submit to the instruction and correction of the Holy Spirit. Because God says, and Jesus says, that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's why this school is such a wonderful place of love and correction. The children of Israel were put in a hostel, I could say, or in a prison, like I said, um, under the schoolmaster of the law. But now our schoolmaster is Christ and his spirit. The Christian and you and me were put in the church under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus until his return. Now, this is uh, quite a profound teaching. I know it's the last one for the year. I hope it's been encouraging. But would you pray? that God uh, helps you to submit to his correction, to his guidance, that you might be an unleavened lump, a holy and righteous person acting in accordance with your holiness and righteousness that he has given to you. Let us pray for that. Heavenly Father, your word says that blessed or happy is he who submits to your instruction or correction. Would you make of your people a happy, joyful and blessed people as we follow your correction and the school of reformation by your Holy Spirit? Would you teach us, Lord, to trust you, to trust in your ways, in your word, in your people, in your church? And when these moments come, would we hear the still small voice of your spirit? correcting and guiding every step of the way. And then we would be able to taste of unspeakable joy, joy that is only found um, where you can lead us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.